When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome, one and all, to another Ars Blog Ars Cast on ArsBlog.com in association with OleOle.com. We're well and truly into uh, the close season now. All the football is over, more or less, unless you're going to follow the Spanish League. Uh, Champions League finals over in Dunmouth. Uh, there's nothing going on at all. Um, so, what I'm going to do for the rest of the summer. In order to make the Arsecast sort of around the same sort of length of, as they've always been, I'm going to talk really, really slowly. You know, like one of those 1890 numbers that you ring up and they give you like betting tips and things like that. And they take ages to, to tell you what's going on uh, because it costs £2.50 a minute. I actually did one of those things years ago when we were uh, we had a radio station here in Dublin. And uh, uh, we were a, a pirate radio station, but we set up this competition line where you could win a prize that just simply did not exist. And so we uh, we got one of those telephone numbers. It cost two ninety nine, I think, a minute or something to 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 ring up. So I had to go out and do the voiceover thing and the 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 quiz question. So um, who is the member of Aha whose name begins with M? Is it? Martin, Mickey, Maximilian, or Morten. And that's what I'm going to do for the rest of the Arscast. Between now and uh, the start of the new season, we're just going to have lots and lots of slow-talking stuff. Not really going to work, is it? Seeing as I've just told you how it's all done. On the way in this particular Arscast, we have got uh, around the table sort of a blog chat uh, with, uh, hopefully now, because I'm recording this bit before I record uh, the, the bit with the, the lads, uh, Gilberto Silver from Gunner Blog, the man from East Lower, and Good Player from GoodPlayer.com. And uh, we'll be discussing the season past and where we've gone wrong and uh, sort of a season review thing and what needs to be done uh, between now and the start of next season in, in order for us to become uh, competitive competitive again as well as that the man in the bar is here and there's a couple of other little bits and pieces a little interview with Arsene Wenger is in there as well and uh, whatever else I can think of between now and the end now as you'll all have been aware Arsene Wenger was in Spain this week in Madrid and um, uh, while we know he was there to do uh, a deal for uh, Jose Antonio Reyes and to try and sort out his future uh, the Spanish press Mark in particular uh, as we know, are, are very close to Real Madrid, uh, reported that uh, Arsene was dining on Tuesday night with a, a representative of a representative of Sesk's agent, if that makes any sense. Not his agent, uh, but somebody who works for him. 
And they discussed the possibility of uh, Cesc moving to Real Madrid. And also AS, the other Madrid paper, uh, said that Arsene Wenger said that he would uh, bring Cesc with him wherever he went, whether that was at Arsenal or not. And they speculated, or invented, if you will, uh, a story about Arsene and Cesc moving to Madrid together as a, a package deal. Um, right. Uh, I think uh, we're going to have to put up with this all summer long because the the title race in Spain is still going on. It's the most exciting title race in Europe and and the most exciting one in Spain for many years. And with that all going on and all the football, they still have time for all this kind of shite, essentially. So uh, when the season is over and summer is in full swing, it's going to get even worse. What is good, though, is that Cesc's agent came out and uh, basically denied uh, Marcus's story. He said it was false. He said, I swear on my family that nobody from my office or any representative of Cesc was in Madrid with Arsene. That's totally false information. He went on to say about Cesc having a contract for another seven years. He says he likes it at Arsenal and has never expressed any desire to leave. So there you go. Um, will that draw a line under that? Uh, probably not, because Real Madrid really, really, really uh, wants Cesc Fabregas. I think it'll be a big coup for them in terms of uh, in terms of his talent and the sort of player that he is. But not only that, uh, him being a Catalan boy, uh, they'd love to get him on board. Uh, for them, though, uh, Cesc does have a seven-year contract with Arsenal, another seven years. And uh, although he's going to go back to Spain at some point, I think we have to get our heads around that. But it's not something that's going to happen uh, in the short term. Anyway, certainly not this summer and, and next summer or or possibly the summer after. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm not a fortune teller. I'm just, you know, guessing, really. Now, one man uh, who is going is Julio Baptista. Earlier in the week, I caught up with Arsene Wenger and asked him uh, about Julio Baptista. What what did he make of his uh, departure from the club? The disappointment and the big loss. Uh, and what about Matthew Flamini? The disappointment and the big loss. What about if uh, Manuel Almunia went back to Spain? The disappointment and the big loss. And Freddie Junberg is another one that's been linked with a move away from the club. How would Arsene feel about that? The disappointment and the big loss. And what if we had to say goodbye to the goal machine that is Jeremy Aliadier? Oh, is there anything cuter than a football manager's laughter? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, so there you go. Baptista is on his way. He has gone. And not a surprise at all, really, because uh, despite one or two good performances, obviously Anfield and obviously the uh, Carling Cup uh, against Tottenham as well, where he scored another hat-trick. Uh, one, of course, was an own goal, uh, but then came back and scored two goals in the second half. Um, yeah, he just hasn't done it. And the deal, uh, of course, was dependent on, on Real Madrid wanting Reyes. And I think what probably would have happened is that uh, we'd have swapped them and they'd have given us a few quid and, and and that. But Real Madrid don't want to keep Reyes. So that means that Arsenal aren't going to pay whatever Real Madrid want for Baptista. Um, given his uh, performances this season, uh, the the price tag of £20 million that they're looking for is really rather ridiculous. So uh, whether he stays at Real Madrid or goes elsewhere in Spain remains to be seen. But uh, he's not an Arsenal player anymore. And I can't really imagine there are too many people that are that upset about it. It would have been nice if he'd made it, if he'd come and been, you know, excellent instead of shit. Uh, but it wasn't to be. Quesar and all that. And he can go back to Madrid and um, gorge himself on fine foods and wines and cheese with strange jelly stuff on it. Uh, now then, uh, later on, the man in the bar... 
We'll be here with another player history. Uh, but now, yesterday, uh, I spoke to three other Arsenal bloggers about last season and about uh, how they view our squad and what we need to do to improve things uh, for next season. I spoke to Gilberto Silver from GunnerBlog.com, Good Player from GoodPlayer.com, and the man from East Lower from EastLower.co.uk. After a couple of false starts, uh, I managed to get things up and running. So uh, here's uh, the discussion in full. It's uh, rather lengthy, uh, but sure, there you go. What else have you got to do this Friday? Work? I don't think so. I should also point out that any sort of heavy breathing noises that you hear on the phone are are entirely down to Gilberto Silver, uh, because he's a phone pervert. I think that's what it is. Last week we spoke to him and he was hanging around back alleys and now he's making heavy breathing noises down the phone. Uh, those of you with daughters uh, may want to sort of lock them up. So, friendly advice, friendly advice. Uh, anyway, here it is. Uh, now on the Arsecast we have uh, a third-time lucky, uh, three esteemed Arsenal bloggers, good player, hello. Still here. Still, <laughs> Gilberto Silver from Gunner Blog. Just to let everyone know, Blogger really fucked us up. Okay, uh, thanks for that. And the man from East Lower, how are you? Uh, I'm still in the holding pattern. Excellent. <laughs> uh, this time, I think we can talk about the defence, and, and possibly people might hear about it. We'll start uh, with that, with our season review. I'm going to mix it up a little bit here now. Um, Gilberto Silver, uh, the defence has been a problem all year long. Uh, is it to do with personnel, or, or do you think it's the system that we play? Uh, it's a good question. <laughs> it's a good question. I mean, I think basically the problem is the personnel are very good, but they've never seemed to be in form at the same time. If you look at Gail Cleish and Emmanuel Boué, as one has waxed, the other one has waned. You know, people talk about Cleish, he's had a great season, but at the start he was nowhere. You know, same as Justin Hoyt, they came on very late, whereas Boué at the start of the season looked solid, towards the end looked a complete nightmare. Uh, in the centre, we've had problems with injuries, but the main thing is the lack of a partnership between the centre-backs. Uh, obviously, there's questions about if Gallas and Torrey are compatible. I think at set pieces, uh, the zonal system isn't really working for us. Uh, Gallas has talked about moving to man-marking, and I'd be interested to see that. But there's no doubt that the personnel are there with the right organisation to build a good back four. Okay. Um, man from East Lower, the, uh, the right-back position is one that, that um, has caused problems uh, throughout the year. Emmanuel Ebue, for all his uh, good stuff going forward, is, is less than convincing uh, in a defensive way. But we now have two right-backs who signed long-term deals. Do you think the, the idea for Arsene Wenger is to get the two of them to scrap it out? Uh, I think it probably is initially. Um, definitely. I think... Uh... The jury's out. I mean, I, I think Hoyt's done well, and I think Abue's done less well, but he's probably more talented overall. So, you know, I think the idea is to scrap it out and, and see what happens. Um, uh, personally, I, you know, I, I think Hoyt pips it for me on several levels, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if Abue upped his game if, uh, if he was the man. So, yeah, I think they will be scrapping it out together. Okay, uh, good player. What what do you make of William Gallas and and as uh, Gilberto Silver alluded to the 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 lack of compatibility between the two of them? Um, certainly, they're both sub six foot. Uh, they both like to play that uh, sort of a game where they drop off a, a big stopper of a centre half. Do you think that the two of them can forge a partnership, or do we need to decide you know which one of them is going to be long term in the team and put them alongside someone like uh, Senderos or Juru? I don't buy the six foot thing whatsoever because. 
it seems to be that theory seems to be suggesting that there's never ever in the history of top level football been a, a central defence of two players who aren't beanpoles basically, or at least where one of them's a beanpole. And you know, were that the case, then it would be impossible to believe that Wenger would even try it in the first place. I simply think they haven't played well enough. I think that's the honest answer. I think Torres played well, but got tired later in the season. I think Gallas hasn't had his mind on the job, has coasted somewhat, um, and I think Clichy's got. Cliche like he's been brilliant, but he's he's inevitably had to get better as the season's gone on because he came back after a long-term injury. And Abue is just slightly mad, frankly. Um, and it's just, they just haven't played well. They're, they're perfectly capable of playing well. They're perfectly capable of keeping clean sheets. They haven't even conceded that many goals. They've just conceded them at the most stupid times. And if you look at the goals, the least important league goal we conceded this season was an 87th-minute goal for Reading which made it 2-1 and made for a very frantic final three minutes. We've conceded appalling times. Um, we haven't even conceded that many, and it's just something we need to get right by playing better. OK. Um, does anyone else have a, a feeling about the, the, the centre-half thing? Because I think you're missing out something if you don't have a physical presence in, in the middle of your defence. And, and for me, uh, Gallas isn't somebody who wins a, an awful lot of headers, and where we have been suspect this season is on, is on set pieces. Yeah, sorry. I, I think um, that's why we've got four. You know, that's why we've got four central defenders, and two of them are tall. Okay, they they were sort of edged out a bit towards the end of Dura and Sendros. That is, were edged out a bit towards the end of last season. But I, I don't see any reason why one one of them can't come in and, and make the you know and, and and take that place. So I, I think that's probably why we we have as many as we have. Would anybody buy a defender in the summer? No, no. I don't think so. Okay, right then. We'll move on then to, to midfield. Um, uh, Gilberto, apart, the lack of goals has, has been a problem, uh, man from East Lower. Uh, wide positions have also been a problem. That's something that needs to be addressed. I, I think wide problem. Uh, the wide, the wide, wide is a problem for sure, definitely. I also think we're lacking drive in the midfield. I think we've got some amazingly talented players um, who... who uh, you know, if they played with us, someone with a bit more drive, that it might make a massive difference. I think at times we've looked like we need someone uh, when we're not doing so well to kick us up the arse a bit, and um, I'm not quite sure who who does that in our midfield. So, but yes, wide areas. I think Cleb is an important player for us. I think he should stay, but um, I think we, he he needs some competition. And I think Rosicki, I think he's got to be given more time. Okay, Cleb, uh, an important player, Gilberto Silver. What do you make of that? Uh... I think he has been in the past. You know, I think at times this season we really missed him. Um, he's got some qualities, especially when we've got a fullback who plays on the overlap. He comes narrow. He can play them in. But the problem is that we've really, really he, his form has really, really dipped. And as it was just alluded to, there's been no serious competition whatsoever. Uh, you can look at Freddie Jumbach, but to be honest, he's not really going to go past someone on the outside. And if you look beyond that, you're looking at Pierre Walcott, who's only 17. Um, so, Cleb, I wouldn't mind seeing him stay. If, if we need funds, he's someone I wouldn't particularly mind seeing going either. Freddie, good player. Will he be with Arsenal next season? No, I don't think he will be. I mean, not, not from what I've been told. Um, and I just think, regardless of that, I think it's, it's fairly obvious it's, his time has probably come. He's done a fantastic job. But the problem is the best when he's at his best for us nowadays is when he's filling in as an emergency striker and we all go, oh, he's actually done really, really well because we thought he'd be really, really crap at being an emergency striker. And he hasn't done really, really well, but he's done really, really well relatively, basically. Um, Freddie Yumbo is not an emergency striker. He shouldn't be one. He's a winger. And 
he's passed it, I'm afraid. The question is, would he, like Giggs and Scholes, would he kind of, after the dip in his late tw- late 20s, early 30s, would he then find a second wind? I fear he won't, because so much of his game was getting that half yard in front of people. Um, I fear that his injuries over the years, and just never, he's never going to regain that. You know, great, great memories, fantastic. But let, let's be honest here, you know, I think his time is gone. Um, I think if you look at what Arsenal needs, what any championship winning side needs, is a winger who scores goals. You had Ronaldo this season, you had Joe Cole last season, we had Perez when we won the title, we had Ovemars when we won the title, we had Limpol when we won the title, and that's what we need. If you look at her, he's not going to do that. Riziki, mm, unlikely. So we need a winger who's going to score goals, Walcott quite possibly. But will he deliver? I don't know. But that, that I think, is what every title winning side needs in a way. Okay. Gilberto Silver, what about our collection of um, central midfield players? We've got Sesk, we've got Danielson, we've got Gilberto, we've got Diaby, who I think uh, we really need to see in central midfield. Uh, does the centre need a, a new face, or does it just need a little bit of freshening up by using somebody well, like Diaby, for example? Well, I think you've forgotten the return of the prodigal son, Alex Song. Coming back from Charlton. Oh my God! How could I? How could I have forgotten? How could he slip your mind at this crucial summer period? I don't think we need anyone there. I mean, Matthew Flamini's going to go. Uh, Danielson Diaby improving all the time. Cesc and Gilberto ahead of that. People say they don't work as a partnership. I don't. I don't really buy that. I think. I think they're good, and I think Diaby we can afford to mix it up and rotate a bit. Maybe rest Cesc, Brent becoming so tired. I personally wouldn't bring anyone in in the centre. Okay, you would bring somebody in in the wide positions. At least one, yeah. At least. Any names? I, I'm sort of hoping it's going to be someone we haven't heard of who's going to be incredibly good. <laughs> <laughs> How likely is that? The phantom player. Certain. Well, because everyone we sort of, everyone who's been named has their flaws. You know, I, I, everyone, no one, no one strikes me as like, oh yeah, that's who we should get. So I'm hoping that a rabbit is going to come out of the proverbial hat and is also going to be brilliant at football. Excellent. A rabbit down the wing for Arsenal. But, that, but that's Indeed. what I just butt in here. I don't, that's why we can't self-leb, because there aren't that many off, rolling off your tongue. Amazing. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Wingers who are available and Fleb, okay, he doesn't score any goals, but when he's on form, he still does quite a lot. You just need a bit of form. A, a lot of passing to the opposition, though, as well. <laughs> well, it looks good. <laughs> uh, some of it was quite flamboyant towards the end of the season. I have to admit, some of the passes, long passes, crossfield ball straight to the feet of the fullback is is frustrating. And that, I think that's one of the things that is frustrating about Cleb, isn't it? Is that he's got such quick feet and and he's talented, but uh, end product uh, just doesn't seem to work. His feet work separately from his brain. What brain? Ah, that. <laughs> Um, okay, so we're looking at, at wide players. 
at least one wide player? Yeah, at least yeah. one. Up front then, uh, we have Henri and Van Persie to come back. Adi Bayor has signed a new deal. Bentner uh, has signed a five-year deal. And possibly Theo Walcott might play up front as well um, next season. Uh, man from East Lower, do you see us buying a striker? Um, I, I can see us buying a striker. But like you say, we do seem to have quite a few now. Uh, it depends where he ends up playing Walcott, because I suppose we've just been talking about wingers and we've completely forgotten to mention it. Walcott might well play there. Um, and with a shoulder that works properly as well. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, uh, I think we might still buy a striker, but uh, in a way it's going to be difficult because Henri and, let's assume that Henri and Van Persie, uh, well, Henri's staying, Henri and Van Persie are pretty much number one, then Andy Bayor is not far behind. Bentner wants to make his mark. You can't keep signing strikers, can you? No, it's difficult. Um, and what about uh, Bentner, uh, Gilberto Silver? Uh, he's done yeah. all right for Birmingham, but uh, he, he does have a tendency to drift through games. He's got to change that if he really wants to make it at Arsenal. He's a lazy player for me. I mean, I watched him no, not loads, three times maybe for Birmingham. He's obviously got ability, there's no doubt about that, but he's uh, just one of those players that doesn't seem to move ever. He's very sort of stationary, wants the ball into feet all the time, isn't really prepared to look for it. I don't know, I think maybe, you know, got a bit lackadaisical there after a good start. Hopefully he can improve, but I, I have to say I, I'm not convinced by Bentner and Walcott uh, at this stage as being ready to sort of make an impact in the first team. I wouldn't be too unhappy if we were to bring in a striker. Yeah, well, what do you make of that good play? Imagine if, for example, the worst came to the worst and uh, Henri got injured again and Van Persie got injured again and in January, Adi Bayor goes off to the African Cup of Nations with, uh, with Togo and what we have up front is uh, a 19-year-old Bentner and 17, 18-year-old Theo Walcott to last us for three or four weeks, for example. Well, a couple of points. First is, I don't think you can have too many strikers. I think, if you remember, there are a couple of years where Wenger went into the season with Henri, Bergkamp, Wiltord, Carnu, and Jeffers, um, and that's forgetting any of the young players he had in reserve as well. That was five strikers alone, and you know Jumbo could have played up front as well, and Caballero played, God knows. But um, but what I think we really need, frankly, is is a Davos Seeker or a, or an Olegunisovshar or even a Robbie Fowler, not not Robbie Fowler because I think he is past it. We need one of those players. If you look at who can sit on the bench, basically, and, and then can come in, and he can come in and score goals, and he won't need he won't need seven or eight games to warm up. A la Baptista. If you look at Shuka's record for the ninety nine two thousand season, I think it was, he got something like nine league goals in about thirty odd games. And you know that's that's the kind of thing we need. We need you know a kind of in the way Bergkamp could a little bit. He didn't score the goals, but you, you at least knew you could bring him in. And he'd, he'd do a decent job, and I think that's the kind of player we need. I mean, taking it slightly further, and a player who's not yet at that stage, not yet at that age, where he's happy to sit on the bench. But Michael Owen. I mean, I, you hear these rumours every summer coming out of Newcastle, um, and the r- rumours this week came from a, a journalist who, who's very good friends with uh, Freddie Shepherd up there. So it's kind of, in a way, I suppose it was coming from the Newcastle board in a way, in, in a way to appease their own fans, or at least to, to boost their own position, but. I'll tell you what, Owen, I wouldn't be unhappy to see him arrive. It'd be something very different for the Arsenal strike force. He'd, uh, he'd cause problems which the other players don't cause in a way. You know, he'd have, 
he'd, he'd have failings that the other players don't have in terms of control, that kind of thing. But I think we, I think we do need someone because I think it's this season has taught us one thing, which is, you know, we thought we had four great strikers coming into this season. Baptista was just, you know, an abortion. Frankly, he was awful. Um, and you know, I think it's a lesson. Basically, I mean, this season has been an utter catastrophe up front. Okay. Um, what, what about that then, man from East Lower, Michael Owen? Uh, I think I don't know. I think it would be it, on on paper. It sounds like a good good deal. Not not sure whether it would work on grass. I mean, the thing is, he's on 120 grand a week. That that's a problem to start with. Sure. Um, and also, he'd want to play all the time, which um, doesn't sound like it could be a problem if he scores loads of goals. But then that you know, you have got we have got three other strikers who would consider themselves starters. So you'd have to play that one really carefully. But having said that, you know, if if we were given the option and I'd say, yeah, why not? But uh, would it actually work in reality? I'm not. I'm not sure whether it, it will happen. Okay, so uh, everybody would would bring in a striker if they could, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right. So with a with a striker uh, and one or possibly two wide players added to uh, the current squad, yeah. that's enough for us to win the title next season. Only if Diaby turns into the Vieira kind of player we hope he will we need some dynamism in midfield we need some of that guess up and go some of that great energy Vieira had SCN had Keane had and I know that the inevitable riposte to that will be we'll look at United's midfield this season it was Scholes and it was Carrick and they brought in Hargreaves so hardly of that ilk but I just feel we need some great energy at the moment Diaby shows great potential but Wenger doesn't yet trust him in central midfield and I, I think that's that's quite you know something that shouldn't be ignored he clearly doesn't Feel yet he can rely on him to put in the tackles to do the donkey work, and hopefully, if if he can adapt his game, then yes, we've got we've got a good chance. Okay, Gilberto Silver, you reckon we could do it if we bring in those two or three players? No chance, no chance. So what do we, we are? Need, what do we need God. then to be competitive? We can be, we can be, but not next season. It's too big a jump. We are so far off the pace, in my opinion. If you look at Manchester United and Chelsea. If we bought a whole new team, it would take time to gel, and that wouldn't work. And we're not going to do that. We're going to add a couple of players. You know, the young players on the side, we can do it in two, three years, maybe. Next season, to make up... Go on. I'd say our biggest problem at the moment is that the players we have, it's not they really lack quality, they're just not playing well. And so I think any any discussion about whether we can do it is, is reliant on them playing well. In my opinion, if they really fulfill what they can do and we bring in a couple of players then we then we could potentially challenge but you know if, if they don't fulfill their capabilities then you're right you know it could be forever until we challenge but I do not think that the biggest thing is the players we have fulfilling their potential I, I just I find it difficult because obviously I find it hard to pinpoint what those outside factors are that if, if I mean how long does a player play badly before he's a bad player um, I can't see enough changing to make up what is it, 20-something points uh, in one year? I mean, I'd love to, us to do it. I'd absolutely love it. And I actually thought this season we'd give it a go because I thought Galas, Rosicki and Baptista would be top-quality signings for various reasons. It hasn't quite worked out. But um, I, I find it hard with the limitations we, I believe we have on our spending. Um, I find it hard to see us mounting a challenge when you consider that Liverpool, Chelsea and Manchester United 
will all strengthen and some have already strengthened considerably. Okay, Ma- man for me slower. Uh, if I can just put this to you, uh, if we talk about you know the the the, not the quality, let's say, but the quality of this team is there, uh, and it's enough to beat Manchester United or, uh, twice. It's enough to beat Liverpool. It's enough to get results against you know the top teams in the league. Uh, the the difficulty has been against the the so-called lesser lights. So is the problem not so much with the quality as the uh, the mentality of of the team? I think that's been a, I do think that's been a problem this year. And you know when I when I was at the Chelsea game last home game of the season and I saw the way Chelsea just kept on coming at us and I thought you know that's what we're missing and that's what set them apart from us that that game I thought it wasn't a skill thing at all it was a drive and an ambition and a togetherness and that's what we're missing I think and that's what we have to get now whether these players together as a unit can give us that then maybe next season will tell us that but I don't think they're lacking in skill at all I just think it is it is a a sort of a slightly mental thing which is why I think we need a midfield general a driver who will pick the team up that's that's that would be my uh, my main requirement this summer. Okay. The problem is that, um, sorry if I just jump in, players like Roy Keane, Patrick Vieira, Stephen Gerrard, John Terry, even some horrible bastard like Gary Neville, these players are really hard to find and they, they grow out of a culture within a club that I just don't think we have in place at the moment. Interesting point that. Do you think the, there's a culture of uh, one of the uh, things that people might accuse us of uh, when you look back over the reign of Arsene Wenger, uh, there's, there's one thing that's dropped off considerably and that's our, our aggressiveness and our red card count. Uh, and there used to be a time where you couldn't pick up a paper without looking at the back page with, you know, 700 red cards under Arsene Wenger. Uh, we don't have that edge to us anymore, do we? Good player. We're, we're naive at the moment. You only have to look at the Carling Cup final when Lampard, you know, who we all hate, but in, in fairness to him, he knew exactly what he could get away with and he got away with all of it. And then you've got that idiot, Aboué, frankly, who goes and pats Wayne Bridge on the head, which is the most stupid thing you can do on a football pitch because we all know that, frankly, is worse than poisoning someone in the minds of the FA. Um, and, you know, he goes and gets a three-game ban. I think... I don't know. I don't know about the whole character thing because there are times when, yes, we, we seem to lack huge amounts of character, and we let in pathetic goals, and we don't score goals. And then there are other times when we are one 0 down, and we come back in, in, in a fashion which is, is, is in a way, the, the kind of stuff you expect from champions almost. And we win the game. You know, you only need to see how many times we went one 0 down this season and got something out of the game. But yes, I think I do think we need a certain togetherness, a certain. We need. We all need to gel. Although I would say one point, which is right now, we all look back. We could say Henri's captaincy, and we say, why can't he be more like Adams? Why can't he be like more like Vieira? Now I can't speak so much about Adams because I was a bit younger at the time. But Vieira, I remember we sat around going, he's not a captain. You know, he hasn't got the togetherness. He doesn't gel up the team. He doesn't gel up the team like Adams and all of that stuff. And we've all suddenly forgotten about that now. So I don't know. You tend to when you're not winning things, you tend to say there's something wrong with the team spirit. And then the minute you start winning things, the team spirit's brilliant. And I think that's true for any team in a way. So it's just, I don't know, it's just hard to tell. It's what, what comes first, the team spirit or the winning stuff. Mm. Okay, well, room for improvement next season, for sure. Um, we better leave it there, but I think we'll do this again uh, before the first game of the season, see where we are in terms of signings, and uh, we'll look for some predictions maybe for the season ahead. Lads, thanks very much, and uh, I did press record this time. 
Thanks very much. All right, talk to you. Cheers. It's your All right, bye. Bye. Cheers. Bye. And my uh, sincere thanks to the uh, three lads for uh, giving of their time so generously. And what happened at the start was we were about two or three minutes into it, having already asked the first question and and gone well down the road, when I realised that I hadn't actually pressed record, uh, which was rather foolish of me, I have to say. Um, but they took it in good spirit and, and just called me a cunt, which is uh, fair enough, I suppose. It stings a little bit inside. But uh, there you go. Uh, now, the man in the bar is here. He's got another player history. Hello and welcome to another player history with me. Uh, I can't tell you my real name, but it begins with C and ends in T. And my middle name is U. And my other confirmation name, you see, begins with N. Thank God no one's ever invented the acronym, otherwise I'd be rightly fucked altogether. Now today, I'm going to tell you about a fella from Germany who came to play for Arsenal. Now, Arsene Wenger's uncovered some old gems in his time, scratching round the lower leagues, bringing in fellas who were injured or hadn't played football or had a dodgy heart or whatever. But he went a little bit too far when he brought in Stefan Maltz. Now... This was after Emmanuel Petit had left, you see. And what he wanted was another blonde left-footed midfielder. And that's pretty much what he got. Only there was a slight problem in that you need to be a bit more than left-footed and blonde to replace Emmanuel Petit, you see. He forgot the whole being any good at football side of things, which is kind of important for a footballer. Some fellas can get away with it, sort of the way some pop singers can get away without actually being able to sing. Like Bob Gandalf, you see, from the Boomtown Rats. He couldn't fucking sing a note. So all he did was get in league with, with starving people and make his name that way, you see. There's a lot of resentment about him over here in Dublin, you know. We don't like him. And a big woolly head. And now he's calling himself Sir Bob. What the fuck do you think you're doing, you stupid fucking rubber lip country? Anyway, Stefan Maltz played about six games for Arsenal. He scored a couple of goals, I think. But then they decided, that's enough. That's enough. And they sent him on his way to Kaiserslautern. I once wrote a poem about Stefan Maltz. I'll read it for you now. Hang on, I have it here. Hang on. Let me just get you to the paper here. I have it. I carry all my poems around with me, you see. Here it is. Hang on, hang on. Oh, Stefan Maltz, you are shite. It wasn't a very long poem, I have to say. It was one of my best, though. Right up there with me poem about Davor Sukare, which went, Oh, Davor Sukare, who cares? Not even your mum. That was another fairly short poem, I have to say, because I don't like those old long ones like Paradise Lost. They'll wreck my head. Anyway, back to Stefan Maltz. These days, he's working as a park keeper in Dusseldorf. And he mows the grass every single day and stops the young people kissing when they're on the old benches. It's true. And the man in the bar will be back on next week's Arscast with another player history. Um... That's just about it for this week. There is no bet of the week because there's nothing left to bet on. And only eight or ten weeks or however long it is uh, till the start of of the new season. Um, We could do maybe a daily podcast 
uh, based on the transfer rumors coming out of Spain. There's bound to be plenty of fiction from El Mundo and Marca and AS and and all of those, but uh, possibly I don't have time to do a daily podcast. One of the things we will do, maybe not next week, but in one of the weeks ahead, is uh, an all-time cunts 11, uh, something that we spoke about uh, in one of the Arscasts a while ago, just to sort of fill up uh, some of the uh, some of the time. Uh, we'll get you to email in your all-time uh, most hated 11 players in a 4-4-2 formation, but don't do it just yet. Uh, I'll give you the nod on the blog in the week that I want those uh, emails and those teams sent in. So, until next week's Arscast, have yourself a great weekend, and uh, talk to you all next week on the blog. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.